You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 217. Today, we're going to be talking about how to efficiently pitch yourself to podcasts, so stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, hey, y'all. I'm so excited to bring this guest to y'all today because she is a podcast pitching pro, okay? And she does this in her own business. And she also helps other business owners do it for themselves. And so it made total sense for her to come on the the podcast and share with you guys how you can do what she does for yourself. And obviously, you know, if you are interested in pitching yourself for becoming a guest podcast, then this is the episode that you're going to want to most likely have a notebook with and or iPad or whatever your, your writing utensil of choice is, and really be able to take what Angie's sharing with us and run with it, literally. So Angie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yes, I'm so, so glad you're here. And before we dive deep into the topic, let's go ahead and have you tell us a little bit about you and your business. Yeah. So I am a wife and a mama. My children are eight and 10 and we're in Virginia experiencing an insane heat wave at the moment. And I started a business probably six or seven years ago at this point, And it has pivoted many times. 2017 was the most recent pivot when I moved into really more of a PR type business like what I have today. And that eventually niche down into podcast pitching and helping clients strategically get on shows that will help connect them with their ideal client. And I've been doing that. I did it solo for a while. And then we started adding team members as we grew and clients started coming to us more regularly. So that's what we do. And do it well, I will say. As somebody who has been pitched um, by you, I will say that, again, the way that you do it is much better and much more personable than a lot of the crazy shenanigans that I get in the inbox and the submission forms. Thank you. Yeah, it's actually, so our pitches going out, interestingly enough, is one of our biggest, it's marketing for us, quite frankly, (laughs) which is really nice. So we don't have to do a ton of outside marketing because when people get our pitches, they tend to be so different than what they're used to, that it grabs their, you know, attention really. Yeah. Oh, totally. I could see that for sure. And so again, today we're going to be talking about how to efficiently pitch yourself on podcasts. And so talk to us a little bit about what your clients are doing with, you know, if they are trying to pitch themselves, but they're doing it terribly, or if they aren't pitching themselves at all. So therefore they aren't getting the growth in their business that they want kind of what do your business clients businesses look like before you're able to implement this pitch process? Yeah. So it's interesting because the business really has two arms to it. There is the one-to-one client work where we basically take over the client's podcast pitching part of their business or either create it from scratch and we handle everything except for showing up for the interview because that would be pretty weird. And then on the other side of the business, though, I do have a program called Go Pitch Yourself, which coaches business owners how to pitch themselves and handle some of the follow-up. And it's interesting that both types of clients kind of come to us from different places. 
So the one-to-one folks really come and they're typically at a point to where something in their business is scaling. They're either adding some level of passive income, they're looking to grow an email list, they're looking to grow their authority, they're in a real position of growth and they know that connecting with more people is going to help them with that growth. And they do not have the time or the bandwidth to be able to learn how to do it effectively. And they don't have the people on their team that really can support them in doing that. So they want to hand it all off. The folks that come to us on the Go Pitch Yourself, the program side, they also are going through something in their business that's triggering them to know, if I can just connect with the right people, I can experience some growth. But they have a little bit more time on their hands than they do money to be able to outsource this part of their business. So they are open to learning how to do it really well and to systematize it. We definitely do coach them through how to do it efficiently because most people have tried it at some point, but it can literally suck up all of your time if you don't know how to do it well. And I still sometimes run into that. I was Slack messaging a teammate and I was asking her kind of how she found, like she got this great list of really niched shows for a guest that we have. And I'm like, how in the world did you find them? She said, oh, I just went down the iTunes rabbit hole and was basically like lost in Apple podcasts for a good amount of time. So it's a real risk. (laughs) And so often having a system in place helps you avoid it. It is so easy to go down that rabbit hole, even just as a like podcast listener. Okay. I'm always like, Oh, like what other podcasts are there out there? Which by the way, I'm not really a fan of, of Apple's algorithm I find right now, because I just feel like the same podcasts are showing up again and again and again, no matter like how far I feel like I am in the rabbit hole. (laughs) And I feel like I'm just going in circles, which is frustrating as a listener, but also with research. And so that's uh, funny that you, you brought that up because I literally was just going down a rabbit hole. I think two days ago. Oh, I messaged her back and I was like, if it makes you feel any better, I'm knee deep in fitness studio podcasts right now. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. That's niche for sure. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and have you walk us through each of the steps to, again, have us go ahead and pitch ourselves. Yeah. So we kind of have a roadmap and I developed it and I'll share it with your audience later, but it really is sort of the framework that we take our clients through and that anyone that wants to pitch themselves can kind of take those steps. And the first, and I know you're a big fan of this, is the strategy component. It's just getting really clear on why you want to be a guest on shows and what is your call to action so that those guest appearances will actually impact your business. So it's knowing what offering you have that might be a good fit for folks. It's making sure that you're not pitching yourself to totally competitive shows And I don't mean that in an aggressive way, but it's almost a waste of time sometimes to be a guest on a show that the host does the same thing that you do, because the likelihood of that audience listener latching onto you as their new go-to rather than the one that they've been listening to for months or years is a bit unlikely. So we make sure from a strategic perspective, and anyone that pitches themselves should be doing it too. You really want to look to connect with hosts that are complementary business owners. So they're in a space that the people that you're looking to serve would also be looking for help in so that it's just not that your topic would be something that the hosts themselves would actually coach on. I think that's so smart. And 
I also want to question a little bit of that in the sense of like, say you're trying to like your business coach and like, obviously there's a bajillion business coachy podcasts. And so would it be smarter for you as a business coach to, again, I guess technically niche down yes. when it comes to who you're trying to target, that does make it easier. However, if you are like a general business coach or a general something, then what would you just suggest for them from a strategy perspective? So you're right. I mean, and there's tons of business coach podcasts and that is a hard niche or a hard type of, you have to get really niched on the topics. So if you're a general business coach and you serve lots of different people in lots of different ways, you need to be able to pull out something that you do that's pretty unique to other business coaches that you can hang your hat on. So right now we have a couple of coaches. One is a rock star at like operational systems within a business. Another is a rock star at profitability and helping business owners kind of get out of that feast or famine cycle. And so you really just have to niche your topics and have them be something that's super appealing, almost putting on your marketing hat and deciding, okay, well, what's, what have we not been hearing in the business space and how can I kind of twist it a little bit? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. The topics are where you can start to identify ways to niche down. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Coaching is kind of like the one that has the little asterisks next to it because there are so many business coaching shows that you're going, if you are a business coach, you are likely going to pitch to other shows that are hosted by business coaches. So it's just getting really clear on how you can be different than how they serve their people. Cool. Love that. All right. What's next? Okay. So after strategy, it really is kind of digging into the pitch list and curating a pitch list that is made up of those complimentary business owners. And that's where you and I talked about going down the rabbit hole a little bit. And so something I recommend is kind of setting a goal. So if you decide this week, you want to pitch to three different shows, then you need to make sure that you kind of put some sort of goal around how long are you going to spend poking around Apple podcasts or poking around Google looking for podcasts that are great for yoga business owners, right? So it's curating a pitch list and being able to vet those shows is sort of the next thing that you might want to do. Get an idea of who you're going to be pitching to so that you have a list to work with. And then from there, it's really creating that pitch template. So, you know, you can do it either way. Like you can create your pitch template with your top topics before you start curating your pitch list, or you can do it the opposite way. Sometimes it's almost better to have an idea of who you're going to pitch in mind when you're coming up with your topics, but it's really coming up with a pitch template. And this is not to say that you're going to send that template word for word to every show that you pitch but you are going to create some sort of document that you can use as a starting point of sending pitches that has three to five pretty commonly pitched topics that make sense for you. Topics that are going to connect with your ideal client really well vetted out. So for our clients on the one-to-one side, we typically start, we'll have a pitch template that has kind of a standard intro, a bit of their bio, and then we'll list five different topics 
with some bullet points underneath of them. And then we'll have, you know, kind of like a closing couple of sentences. And we keep that as a canned email response. And that's what we start every pitch with. And then we just pull off the topics that we're not using. What I love too is, again, with your pitches and your submissions are that, again, you've looked at the actual show and (laughs) what would be helpful. So again, All of y'all have been listening to me for over 200 episodes, okay? Tell me a time where I've had somebody tell their life story for an hour on the podcast. Uh, Never. So it's really fascinating. Even just that small, like you don't even have to really listen to my podcast to know that this is not a life story podcast. It's called System Save Me for Crying Out Loud. So as a host and as somebody who, you know, gets the different pitches, I think one thing to keep in mind is when you are creating your topics, there can be a life story topic. However, like I would honestly just like leave that out, even in your pitch to the more tactical strategic podcasts. And then for the life story ones, I would leave off the tactical strategy topics. So that again, people know that you actually one care about the actual podcast. And this isn't just a like wham, bam, thank you, man, spray and pray, you know, party of someone else's PR person, not really caring about your actual podcast and more just we're trying, it's a numbers game. Like you can tell. Oh yeah. Well, and I'll say two things to help the listeners. The first is that you can really quickly vet. I mean, I'm not sitting around listening to four episodes of every show that we pitch to. Let's be honest. And I do have history now. You know, it's been almost three years that I've been doing this. So I definitely have a good feel for a lot of the shows that we pitch. But a couple of ways that they can quickly vet it. And that's where people think they need to listen to all of the shows. So it seems like such a daunting task. A couple of ways. Look at the intro. So like the description of the podcast that they share either an Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to it. I mean, that is the paragraph that they wrote to describe their podcast. And it likely gives pretty updated information on what they're trying to achieve. Look at that. Scroll down and look at how they title their episodes. Typically, if it's just the name of a person and a little bit of information after it, it's going to be a journey, right? They're going to want to hear a story. If it's like yours, how to X, Y, Z. That's a great indicator that the tactical approach is your best option. And then we always do click over to the website because one thing that can really help you understand in 90% of the shows out there, other than like random passion project podcasts, is if you look at their website and look at what they sell, like see what they're ultimately trying to drive people to. If it's a group program, if it's, you know, a one-on-one coaching then you get a really good sense of what they're doing on their show to draw people into them. And you can, again, look at their shows and kind of a history of who they've had on recently to give you a lot of insight. So that's my tip on how to not take an hour or two hours to vet one show. And then the second you mentioned the topics, we only pitch one topic for any show. And I know some people get nervous and think, well, If that one topic isn't a good fit, what if they say no? And you really, that's why you're doing all of this prep work so that you have a really good feel for whether or not that topic is a good fit. I think the easy way out is to say, well, I'm just going to pitch five topics and they can pick. And no podcast host is going to do that unless you're Oprah Winfrey or some (laughs) rock star that everyone would die to have on their show. So pick the topic that is most appropriate. And then we attach a one sheet, which is sort of my sneaky way of sharing a couple of other topics. 
that if they don't like the one that we pitch, that they can kind of pull from. And we'll also share, as we talk now about how to actually personalize the pitch, we include bullet points under the topic that we pitch, which sort of brings the conversation alive and it lets the host imagine what that might sound like, but it also allows them to get a little more depth on you. And if they like one of those bullets better, they can be like, hey, let's just go deep on this one topic that you shared. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. I personally like when people are super specific about what they want to talk about because then it's less work for me Yes, <laughs> as the host to be like, okay, maybe I can tweak this one or like whatever else. Again, the whole point is doing the research beforehand. And, you know, again, I can hear, not literally, but I can hear your thoughts about <laughs> not to be a creep, <laughs> but I can hear your thoughts in the sense, oh my gosh, this is so much work, yada, yada, yada. Well, here's the thing is you're going to have to work to get seen and to get lead generation in whatever you decide, whether it's posting on Instagram, whether that's doing guest trainings in people's programs, whether that's speaking, whether that's getting on guest podcasts, whatever it is. So choose where you think you'll have the most fun. And for me, for sure, I've definitely had the most fun on podcasts. I think I've been on like 70 I think that's what you said when you were on my show. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, because I recently, yeah, I was looking at it right around the time I was on your show. And I'm just like, again, I've done over 200 on this podcast. So I'm like, you know, I think the ROI for podcasts is huge. And whether it they've bought, you know, a $27 offer or my $4,000 offer, like I love them all the same. And I'm just excited that I was able to serve them in the where they were at and how I could help them. So, you know, podcasts are good for the full range of pricing. Because again, I've had several clients legitimately come into my DMs and just say, Hey, I want to do a VIP day with you. Like, how do I get started? Oh, for sure. And I am like, where? Hello? Like, where did you come from? (laughs) And they're like, Oh, I heard you on this podcast. So this is real life. And I know Angie's clients have had the same experience as well. So just understand that whenever it comes to marketing, there is no easy button. And you might as well just forget about it. Well, and podcasting, I mean, all of those different avenues that you mentioned for lead generation, podcast guesting can be like the gateway drug to those. 
Oh my gosh. Because we've both been on shows, met the host, really hit it off. And then, I mean, you and I, before we hit record, we were already talking about a possible collaboration between you and one of our clients. Like it often is just a way to meet people that you're really kind of aligned with. And then you take it from there and it can go into group trainings or, you know, the sky's really the limit. It's almost like you're just having a great first conversation and then you see where to, where it can go from there. Yep. Love that. Okay. Yep. Great. So then you send the pitch and what happens? Just, <laughs> that's it. I mean, you don't do any, just kidding. <laughs> that's where a lot of people stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the key after you send the pitch is to have a robust, not obnoxious, but a robust follow-up system to where you're not just sending that pitch and crossing your fingers that folks get back to you. We have, we're in ClickUp now. We used to be in Trello, but we automate our due dates so that we know, okay, it's been two weeks since we sent this pitch. We haven't heard anything back. So we send a very short follow-up. That's the other thing. You want to be as concise as you can be and still share relevant information. So I know like our pitches tend to be long compared to most folks, but we do things to make them easily readable. I just never want a host to read it and be like, oh, I have a question about this one thing because I know they'll never email us back to ask. So we send a pretty detailed initial pitch. And then two weeks later, we send a really like two sentence follow-up with that original pitch in line, if we can do that. So the follow-up is there. And then you kind of move on after that point to either longer term follow-up or you'll get a yes. And I mean, 80% at least of our yeses come after follow-up. And typically we'll get a follow-up that's like, I would love to have her on the show, but we're not actually scheduling right now. Can you circle back with me in October? And that's another opportunity for a lot of folks to kind of fall off the wagon, if you will. They won't follow back up in October. So when we talk about tools, this is like you have to have some sort of project management system. It can be as simple as a planner if you need to, right? That says, I need to follow back up with Suzy Q in October and put a due date on it so that you actually do it. But the follow-up, aside from sending a pitch that's not robotic and lame, is the most important part in actually converting your pitches to interviews. And I just have to add on the follow-up side, (laughs) when you have somebody saying, hey, come, you know, talk to me in October, you know, then what you'll want to do, and I'm a very forgetful person, so this is just how I have to roll, but (laughs) I literally, when someone sends that to me, I automatically schedule an email to go out in October to that person, and then I just don't have to think about it again, (laughs) and like, and then I forget, because then they get that email, but I, you know, sent it, tech, whatever, I wrote it two months ago. Yeah. okay, here's the link to schedule. And I'm like, when did, oh, I'm really glad that my past self thought about my future self in this moment because I clearly would have forgotten all about this. So yeah. follow-up is super, super key. Also a total ClickUp junkie over here as well. And I think let's talk about when you get a no. Sure. Because again, you know, it's all butterflies and rainbows until you get a no and then everything you just want to crumble and, and crawl into a hole. And so if you get a no, when you get a no, let's be honest, what is the protocol? One, if you're new to pitching and you want feedback about why, is that appropriate? Two, when you have a no or just like a not right now, but no sort of like time frame to follow up on, how can you go about like wrapping that up in a way that is respectful of our time, but also like you do want to put a bow on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so you're right. There's lots of different kinds of no's. There's the most frequent one is you don't hear anything back. And so for that, you follow up at two weeks, then we'll typically try to send a, a follow up out af- another month after that or two months after that, if you want to. And you know, at that point, if they're not responding back, we also track our emails so we know when they get opened. If they've been opened and no one's saying yes and they're not saying anything, then we just kind of let that one roll. If it's a no, it's just not a good fit for our show right now, we'll send just kind of a, okay, thank you, you know, for letting us know. If anything changes, feel free to reach back out to us. A lot of that depends too on the potential for what that relationship could be. And if you know enough about them to know like, ah, I really feel like it could have been a perfect fit, right? In that instance, I would just encourage folks to not consider it dead in the water, but just engage with them in other ways, right? Authentically, you don't want to stalk them on Instagram with the, ultimate goal, you know, and clear in how you're interacting with them is that you want to be a guest on their show, but just start to interact with them more so that you can get a better feel for the person. But typically if they say you're not a good fit, legit, you're not a good fit. And it really has so much less to do with you as a potential guest than it does with their goals for their own show. So I'm that weird person that pitches clients and I don't really take cold pitches for my show just because I only record every two weeks or I only publish every two weeks and I just don't have the space to have all the people on that I want to. So it probably is. They just, it's not a good fit. And then if they tell you to circle back or if it's kind of, you just can't tell, then you can either clarify. And this is just where pitching takes being assertive, right? Not aggressive, but If their response is super vague and you don't quite frankly know what the heck they were asking, then reply back to them and clarify. And what I'll sometimes do is say, okay, great. We'll circle back with you in September if we don't hear from you sooner. So you kind of lay out your intentions really politely, very friendly, but you let them know, well, this is the action we're going to take unless we hear back and you tell us to leave you alone, to be quite frank. I really enjoy that because again, it's like, all right, cool. Like follow up in September then. See you then. And again, you're not making them have to send you another email per se or anything like that, which is really nice. So yeah, I think that's really intentional. So with that, I know we've dropped a few different tools and whatnot, but obviously my folks are all about the software. So what are some tools that you use in your business to help you with the pitching process and being able to, again, anticipate when they say yes, obviously then, you know, you need to have some things prepared and easy for, you know, headshot bio, all the things. So tell them what tools that you use to keep all of that nice and tidy. Sure. So we keep it as simple as possible for keeping all of those things in one place. We use a combination of Google Drive. Like we have a client folder for every client that we have, and it has all of that stuff in it. But we also use canned emails so often. So as soon as a client gets accepted on a show, we have one email for each client that has their headshot. Well, we attach their headshot, but their bio, all of their social links, like all of those common things that you would be sharing with a host, we automatically send that out. Even if some of it was collected over the course of scheduling, we just like to send it all in one email so they have it. And I have seen as a best practice, some folks will have that be a page on their website. And that's also great too. It's anything that you can do to make the host life easier and to make sort of the lead up to you guys connecting simpler is really going to result in you all honestly having a better conversation because there's no resistance or anything standing in the way when you guys meet. So 
Google, which is not like rocket science, right? Google Drive, <laughs> a canned email response. We use the crap out of ClickUp. We were in Trello, like I mentioned before, but as we added clients, there were some serious limitations with what we needed to be able to view. And as I added teammates, I was like, I'm not paying for all these different people to be on the boards that they need to have access to. So we use ClickUp and we have client boards and then we also have some client management boards, but we use that to really track the workflow from a two pitch status all the way to pitched and needs the first follow-up, needs the second follow-up. And then the interesting thing about podcast guesting is people think once they get that yes, it's like, you know, a sprint to the finish line, (laughs) but It is not, my friend. Not every podcast host is a systems guru like Jordan. And so some don't have scheduling links. And so it's a little bit of back and forth. Some aren't ready to schedule. So there's just a lot of things that go on in between the yes and actually having it scheduled and ready to record. So that's where we have a lot of statuses in ClickUp so that we can easily see where our acceptances land. I mean, I think that's like the bulk of our big systems. We use Canva and things like that. But I mean, ClickUp is the powerhouse of what we do. Oh, we use Slack for communication for sure. Cannot forget Slack. No. (laughs) Always a gem. Yeah. It took me a while to really see the value in it, but the email was just not the place for us to be communicating as a team. Uh, No, definitely not. I hear you on that one. All right. So if people are ready to dive in and start pitching themselves, I know that you have a wonderful freebie link for our listeners. So uh, go ahead and tell them what they can expect. Sure. So they can go to angietrueblood.com slash systems, and that's where they'll get our roadmap to podcast pitching success. So it kind of goes through the six steps of podcast pitching as well as a couple of mistakes that we tend to see folks make. And that's really if you're interested in kind of taking the bull by the horns and pitching yourself. If you're thinking, girl, I don't want to do that. I just want some help. Then you can check out the services that we offer at angietrueblood.com slash services. So awesome. And where else can people find you and tell you about the takeaways that they've gotten from today's episode? Oh, I would love to hear that on Instagram. So I'm Angie underscore trueblood. And that is definitely where I'm most active on social. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. We'll have all the links in the show notes and the podcast description. And again, Angie, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. Yes. Oh, Jordan. Yeah. I have a podcast. (laughs) I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So go pitch yourself podcast so they can pop over and listen to that too. Yes. Uh, Yeah. It's a good one guys. And again, maybe I'm biased because I was on it, but I'm also not biased because even before I was on it, I would have told you it was a good podcast because Angie comes with the good. So again, yes, go check out the podcast link will be in there and uh, go and check it out. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me. 